GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. My name is David Wilkinson. I am a professor of general practice and primary care and deputy vice chancellor at Macquarie University, Sydney, Australia. Welcome to our series of podcasts that celebrate the 30-year history of uh, dermoscopy. In this series, we have a number of uh, leaders in the field of dermoscopy, each of whom provide a short summary of how they have used dermoscopy in their practice, the impact it has had on them and their practice, and their thoughts about uh, the future of dermoscopy. Uh, We hope you enjoy the series very much. Well, it's a very great pleasure to introduce Professor Jeppe Argenziano to hear his little story about how he first was introduced to dermoscopy and indeed how his love affair with dermoscopy grew. Uh, Jeppe, of course, is one of the, the fathers, one might say godfathers, of dermoscopy and skin cancer medicine and uh, we all owe Jeppe a great debt of gratitude for the extraordinary leadership that he's shown over the years uh, in this field and uh, it's a wonderful uh, story from Jeppe about how he was first introduced to dermoscopy. I hope you enjoy. Hello, this is Jeppe Argenziano from Naples, uh, Italy and it's a pleasure to participate in this uh, uh, program uh, uh, in which we will uh, speak about our uh, first contact with dermoscopy uh, my first contact with dermoscopy it's back uh, to uh, 1991 can you imagine uh, and it's due to my father who went uh, to um, uh, congress in which uh, uh, in which he uh, was assisting to uh, a lecture of Klaus Wolf, the famous Klaus Wolf, the chairman in Vienna, who first introduced uh, epiluminescence microscopy to the audience. Uh, and he decided to buy one of these big stereo microscopes. You know, can you imagine it was, this was a very big machine. And, uh, and I, at that time I was a medical student and I had to start preparing my thesis. Uh, for graduating and uh, when I saw the microscope I felt completely in love so uh, I did my thesis and then uh, it was a long-standing relationship with uh, with uh, dermoscopy at that time it was called epiluminescence microscopy um, uh, then uh, it was uh, it was uh, uh, very very interesting to uh, to realize that uh, when I got into the residency program in 1993, uh, I was basically the only one at the clinic. I was a first year stu- uh, resident, but I was the first, uh, the last, the, the only one uh, at the clinic who was able to use uh, epiluminescence microscopy. Um, and in some way, this was representing uh, a little bit an advantage uh, because uh, many of the colleagues, also the, the senior colleagues, were uh, were coming to me asking me what I think about this mole, what I think about this pigmented lesion. Um, definitely, this was uh, incredible. Uh, the impact of demoscopy. Um, Demoscopy changed my life, of course. 
and uh, uh, dermoscopy actually is changing uh, the life of uh, an entire generation of dermatologists. Um, I don't think that uh, nowadays it's uh, more, it's up to date, uh, the uh, uh, working without a dermatoscope, it's almost impossible, you know, um, it's, it's, it's our stethoscope, you know what I mean? So it's uh, coupled with our clinical examination is something which I cannot even think uh, to work without it. Um, and uh, it's funny to realize that when I start working in the morning and I start seeing the first patient and I, if, uh, by chance, uh, forgot uh, my dermatoscope in the drawer, then I cannot even start uh, speaking with the patient. I have to go back to my, uh, to my desk and, uh, and uh, having my uh, dermatoscope uh, in, my, in my pocket in my, and in my hands. Concerning the future, well, the future is bright concerning demoscopy because, uh, I mean, um, the more we use it, the more we are um, catched uh, by this instrument and the more we it will be impossible uh, to, to work without it. Um, and uh, my, my advice uh, to doctors who start learning demoscopy is just simply start using it. You know, don't uh, lose too much time uh, at the beginning to, to understand how to change your, uh, your, um, the management of your patients uh, based on demoscopy. Just use, start using it. Just start getting used by the beautiful morphology coming out from from uh, the instruments, the instrument. And then of course you have to start learning the alphabet, then you have to start reading and reading and reading and participating to courses and practicing in the, in, in the routine. Uh, that's the way I learned. Uh, and I, I suppose everybody is, uh, is continuing uh, using this method to uh, improve their knowledge about demoscopy. So thank you for the opportunity to share my, uh, my history about demoscopy and uh, uh, goodbye. Fascinating short podcast here from one of the founders of 3Gen explaining how they were first exposed to the new technology at that time in the 1990s of, uh, of demoscopy and how the technology was commercialized and has become so widespread. And indeed, uh, the 3Gen, uh, the leader and number one technology in the field. Very, very interesting to gain the insights from uh, one of the founders. Hi there, my name is Torsten Trotzenberg, product designer and co-founder of 3Gen. We make uh, the Dermlite. The development of the Dermlite goes back to work done in the 90s by Nizar Mulani. He's one of the 3Gen partners. And he studied various skin imaging modalities at MD Anderson Cancer Center at the time, including contact and non-contact imaging with cross-polarized light. His team from MD Anderson presented uh, preliminary results at the 1998 meeting of the American Academy of Dermatology. And they showed that cross-polarized light without contact was a simple way of visualizing skin lesion structures. A couple of years later, Nazar showed a prototype of, that, uh, of a polarized dermatoscope and partnered up with John Botcher and myself to form 3Gen and uh, developed a real product, 
and then eventually the brand that uh, would become number one in dermoscopy. Back then, our research basically told us that of the few people who owned a dermatoscope back then, many just found it cumbersome and, and messy to use. And um, since we believed that all dermatologists could be using or should be using a dermatoscope to achieve our mission of detecting all skin cancers early, things just seemed ripe for someone to address the drawbacks of the existing devices, create a product anyone can and, and wants to use, and then just take things to the next level. So in the fall of 2000, we kicked off the development of the Dermlight at Nazar's Texas Speech Pad. Nazar and I were sketching and tossing around ideas and pretty much locked down our design direction over that weekend. We wanted to do something that was simple, compact, affordable, a joy to use, and with, with a friendly appearance. We wanted to launch at that following AED meeting, so we had to wrap up the design within weeks in order to have sufficient time for production. And then at the 2001 AAD meeting in Washington, D.C., we launched the DL100, the world's first polarized pocket dermatoscope. And that was uh, in a small 10 by 10 booth near the women's bathroom, you know, location's key. And um, while the response was mixed, most people who came to our booth seemed to know next to nothing about what a dermatoscope was or even how to use it. And our, um, our little plastic device looked very different from what was out there. Others saw absolutely no need to use any device at all to look at skin lesions, and, and they'd rather get paid to cut things out. In either case, these people couldn't care less if it had a spacer or not, or polarized light or not. But then there were a few derms who really got it. They saw that the idea of a, of a non-contact polarized dermatoscope that fits in your pocket, is always with you, allows you to see many more lesions in, in a lot less time, made a whole lot of sense. I'm sure they now belong to a select group of highly experienced demoscopists. Our own expectations at that time were actually quite modest, um, to say the least. We, we knew we had a product that enabled dermatologists to practice better medicine by, by giving them that tool that would allow them to screen more lesions faster and, and make early and better management, management decisions. But what, what wasn't clear to us back then was, was if and, and how we'd be able to overcome those, those initial reservations people had, especially in the U.S. where lack of reimbursement can be a major obstacle. But overall, over the past 30 years, the dermatoscope has developed into many different forms. Starting with the non-polarized contact head and battery handle design, of course. We then completely reinvented the idea of a dermatoscope with the first polarized non-contact dermatoscope that fit into any pocket. And then we redefined it again with the first device that offered both polarized and non-polarized dermoscopy at the push of a button with or without contact. And then once smartphones became commonplace, people launched dedicated smartphone dermatoscopes, and then we just made our existing devices work with any smartphone or iPad so that our users could use what they have and run any app of their choice. So where do we go from here? Well, now that the dermatoscope has become this established 
essential tool for dermatologists, more and more GPs and non-physician healthcare professionals around the world are, are learning and practicing dermoscopy, or at least are involved in, in capturing dermoscopic images and, and data. And as long as patients are concerned about their skin, this trend will certainly continue. And while the fundamental idea of the dermatoscope is here to stay, with both dermoscopy users and dermoscopy use cases becoming increasingly diversified, we'd expect the future of dermoscopy and dermatoscopes to undergo even more diversification and increase specialization with things like custom tailored solutions designed for a variety of you know, narrow use cases becoming more and more prevalent. At the end of the day, the driving force behind our efforts has and, and always will be to do what it takes to detect all skin cancers earlier. Well, there we are. Some uh, fascinating insights and some terrific little stories and vignettes there. Um, let's look forward to the next podcast in the series. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to healthcert.com.